It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, this is Locked On. Is Bear there? This is Bear here. Actually, Lady Gaga, will you just <laughs> cut, shut up? Keep it down. I'm trying to do my podcast. Jeez, still That's hanging a, with her, huh? Yeah, it's a bad romance. <laughs> Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, welcome back. It is your host, Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Guys, it feels great to be back. My main man, James, stepped in for me a couple days there uh, to keep this thing moving. We missed one yesterday, but if you didn't check it out, Rams Podcast dropped one. Uh, we do a long form. You can find us at Rams Podcast as well as here as the Locked On Show. That's at Locked On Rams. My personal is at LA Rambling Bear. And you got it. The man, the myth, the legend is back with us at James Kroger 3. James, how you doing, bud? Happy Thursday. Ah, oh, Bear, I'm doing amazing. And up until you messed up my Twitter name, it's at J Kroger 3. But, you know, somebody, if you want to look, you'll find me. I've never tweeted you, my man, so I guess uh, swing and a miss. Unfollow. So I thought it was pretty funny when you threw the Lady Gaga back in my face. Um, for you Ram po- Rams podcast crew, uh, that joke goes way, way, way back in the day. James is actually the president uh, of the fan club, <laughs> and so for him to throw it back to me, I had a pretty good chuckle when I listened to the episode. Great episode, by the way. Uh, you said you were going to try to bring some stats my way, and you for sure showed me up, so... Uh, excellent episode. I hope you got some more stats for today. Real quick before we get going, this is the Thursday edition of Locked On Rams. This is your daily dose of Rams information, news, and analysis. Uh, this edition today is brought to you by Draft. That is the app. You can go get that in the App Store. Just search Draft. That is the daily Draft Fantasy app. You can go there, do a snake draft with all of your friends. I do one here with Locked On. I'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll be tweeting it out. Guys, if you need to reach me, again, I said all that. I also have the Gmail. That's LockedOnRams at gmail.com. If you guys are interested in getting involved in the draft app, we're going to host our draft probably on Saturday. We always used to do it Saturday or even we did one Sunday morning. Basically, it's a snake draft. Uh, No more of this auction stuff that you did with uh, some of the other uh, fantasy apps. They're paying out 80% more to the people. That's us. And, uh, you know, put on my bragging shoes here. I won last week. So if you guys want to come challenge me, join. Use the promo code LONFL. So that's Locked On NFL, LONFL. You can find them at draft.com or in the app store for the draft app. Well, James, with that said, I kind of want to throw one more challenge out your way and see if I can get you in. You uh, seemed like you wanted to get in. Then you're like, what? I got to pay a couple bucks to get in. I want you next week. Showdown. Locked On Rams Showdown. Give me your money. All right. Well, maybe if you would have got my Twitter name right, I would have been able to receive your message. I think you're tweeting some other James Kroger. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so. Well, that's where it's going wrong. I'll get you the right information. <laughs> I'll tweet it out. I always pin it at the top because I want you guys to get involved. Uh, it's been a bunch of fun. Thanks to everyone that has already uh, played with me. We're going to do it again this week, and uh, it's a bunch of fun. So uh, with that said, James I, you know, you've been you've been running this thing the last couple of days, which I appreciate. 
you did a, a solo Rams podcast. You're spitting out information. Let's start at the top here. Give me an update on some of these injuries and what's going on with that. I thought I saw something exciting about Robert Woods, but tell me what you got. So exciting about Robert Woods because he will be active on Sunday and he's more than ready to play. Uh, There's a few videos online on ESPN of him in the locker room talking about this game and how excited he is to get back. Um, He did have a left shoulder injury for those of you that didn't know. He was actually asked about the Bills-Colts game this last weekend. I don't know if he had a chance to see that whiteout game bear, but um, he mentioned that practice right now is 77 degrees for him and that that is real football weather. I bet he's more than excited to get out of that snow. Um, yeah, so, that was a crazy game. Right, so Robert and Woods... real quick while we're there, because I thought this was crazy, uh, Vinatieri may have screwed up $500,000 on missing a couple kicks. I think he went 0 for 2 on field goals. He has to end with 90% field goal percentage mm. at the end of the year to get a $500,000 bonus. He has to go 5 for 5 to finish the season to make the bonus. Last year, he missed his $500,000 bonus on the last kick of the season. So keep an eye on that one, but... Little fun fact out of that game for you. Boom. Go on. Oh man, I sure hope he gets his money. You know he's yeah, gonna need it. Those, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, he's, yeah, he's not gonna be able to get Christmas for his family. <laughs> so uh on to more injuries. Speaking of being back, Connor Barwin's gonna be back there. Uh, yeah. we saw that Ibacum did an amazing job last week, fill last two weeks filling in for him, but I'm so stoked to have him back. He just helps to mix up this defense so much more. He's a uh, very much utilized tool, and Wade's going to be able to take advantage of that facing, well, I guess we're just facing Russell Wilson here. I'm, well, I know we are facing the Seahawks team, but really, he is the whole team, right? Yeah, basically. I think I saw something earlier in the season that he put up about 80%. He provided for 80% of their offense. Yeah. He's their best rusher and everything else. So uh, one last thing about the roster. We all know what happened to Kayvon Webster with his ruptured Achilles. He's out for the year. Uh, The Rams had an open spot on their active roster. They promoted Isaiah Johnson from the practice squad. So we have now three Johnsons on this defense. Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson. Uh, More depth than a secondary there. And then Marcus Salas was added to the practice squad, a former cornerback. So uh, everybody's moving up a good notch there. But uh, another Johnson being added to that D. Next man up, it's it's definitely important on this team, and, and they've proved to perform before, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and just the last thing about practice, uh, that was pretty much the injury updates. Really stoked to have Woods and Barwin back, but McVeigh is doing something that he did uh, last week and also that he did while he was at the Redskins uh, when it came to this time in the year, but he scrapped the traditional practice and staged a walkthrough for the second straight Wednesday to basically keep players, um, and he said, as fresh as possible for what we know is going to be another physical game on Sunday. So the Seahawks actually did the same thing, Bear. They just did a walkthrough. Um, mm. Everybody's, you know, it's the end of the season. This is going to be a very much physical game uh, in Seattle, and sounds like, you know, we're kind of just taking it easy and getting our mental games uh, ready. I love to see our coach, first-year head coach, being able to – be smart enough and have the right people around him. I mean, you hear all the time with, you know, he's got John Fossil with him and he's got Wade Phillips and these guys are veterans in the league. So he's, you know, using them as resources to this point in the season with scheduling and practices and knowing that, uh, you know, coming off a very physical game, going up to Seattle, traveling another physical game to give the guys that rest and to kind of have that mental rep and, 
And obviously you see Pete Carroll doing the same thing. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a smart thing to do. And I, I love seeing that. And our first year coach being able to one, make that decision either by himself or being able to utilize the people around him to get that information and go, this is what we need to do. This is probably the best success uh, for our team. Love that. Right. And uh, yeah, hitting the road. And we've been pretty strong on the road this year. One thing I mentioned just a bit ago about how this defense is going to be basically playing Russell Wilson. You threw down a stat there. But just uh, a fact with Russell Wilson against the Rams in his career, five losses, nine turnovers, 42 sacks, and 89 quarterback hits. This is, these are actually the worst numbers against any NFL opponent uh, for Russell Wilson. So this wow. team has got his number. And the crazy thing, that was before Wade Phillips got here. Our yeah. defense has gotten even better. Our front line, I think that's where this game is really going to be won. Can we get that pressure on Russell Wilson to really create you know, those more turnovers, more sacks, more QB pressures? He is the guy. So mm-hmm. can we keep him in a pocket? Can we limit those big plays? Because at the end of the day, you know that <laughs> Russell Wilson's going to get his, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to have you know, three, four big plays that move the football or that kind of make you say, wow, or where you're thinking he's going to be sacked and he's going to get out. He's going to make those, right? Mm. Can you limit them? Can you limit them to three to four instead of seven to eight? That's going to be the big question. We get uh, Barwin back, which is going to be huge for that offensive line, which is going to be huge for that defensive line that we can rotate those guys in, get some, you know, reps in. Obviously, you know, he's got the banged up arm that, you know, he went and got a pin put in. He hasn't seen action in a couple weeks, but you'd hope that the rest of his body is ready to, you know, kind of go to war here in a sense and, and you know, fight against that offense line and put some pressure on, on Russell Wilson. Hopefully that arm's not an issue when he's trying to wrap him up. Right. So, you know, you said it many times, rest, because this defense played two games last week. They played over, I think it was 85 total snaps, uh, which is uh, more than a couple of our previous games combined. So this defense needs that rest, and especially with uh, Barwin coming back, you know, he can he could probably use it as well and get there mentally too. So The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results.
Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Speaking of uh, other keys to what we need to look at this game on top of our defense and everybody being well-rested, there's been one stat that you and I have been talking about all season on Rams Podcast and Locked on Rams, and it's third down efficiency. So uh, these guys on the defensive side of the ball have been both very strong uh, when they're they're on defense uh, opposing third down. So they ranked they rank 13th and 14th in the NFL. Seattle allows conversions just 38.5% of the time compared to 38.6% of the time for the Rams. So we're going to need to convert on third down against this defense that uh, you know allows it only less than 40% of the time. We struggled last week against the Eagles. We were 2 for 7 when it came to third down uh, efficiency. So we really need to have better numbers, numbers when it comes to that facing this Seattle defense. Yeah, definitely. And you, you mentioned something earlier about you know <clears throat> playing two games on defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And then you drop a number that we're 2 for 7 on third down we got to get more opportunities on third down. Obviously, it's good to know that we're moving the football and we're picking up first downs, but we talked about the time difference that was, you know, last game and we were, you know, they had the ball almost 3 to 1 it felt like on, on us and we need to be able to sustain longer drives and allow our defense to get that rest. And that comes from, you know, getting longer drives and being able to convert those third downs. 2 for 7 is not going to do it up on the road in December in Seattle. Um, but the positive thing that you can kind of flip it and say some of those drives we had that we put up, you know, 30-something points were going fast. You know, we were we were pulling off big chunks of yardage. I mean, Cooper Cup had over 100 yards and was, was just flying down the field. So uh, can't be too mad at how our offense produced, but I'd like mm-hmm. to see – I'd like to see a little bit more time drawn out there in between so we can get a little bit more rest for our defense. Yeah, and I think there's going to be three major factors that contribute to that time, Bear, this weekend. One, obviously Robert Woods is coming back. He's a huge asset to this offense. He's going to get more receptions, more opportunities. Uh, You mentioned Cooper Cup. He can potentially reach 1,000 yards this season. He needs to average 72.3 over the final three games in order to do so, but he's up possibly for rookie of the year, and he's doing amazing. Him and Goff's connection is just really strong right now. And the third thing is Sean McVay mentioned after last game that he needs to get Todd Gurley the ball more. If we can get Todd Gurley the ball more, we're going to see more time on our offense between those three things, which is very doable for us, right? Um, Sounds like we're going to improve like we've been doing all season. Yeah, hashtag feed girly. Let's go. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about that because you talked about three keys of the game that you just kind of delivered there. Um, and I think one and two are interesting to me because, one, I guess here's my question. Robert Woods is coming back. One, how productive do you think he's going to be in his first game back out of the injury? And then two, because of you know Cooper Cup really stepping up in his absence, how do you think that's going to affect his playing time or his production? Do you see Woods coming out with you know big game and – do you see Cooper maybe falling down a little bit because of that? What do you, what, what do you think is going to happen with Woods coming back? How does it affect the team? So I think Woods is, is a very aggressive player, and he's going to be hungry facing D, uh, Seattle in December at home. I know he's ready to play. So also knowing that 
Richard Sherman is out on the Seattle defensive side of the ball, I think that he's probably going to be, well, he would potentially be guarding Woods uh, most of that time, I would assume, in that game. So I think Woods has a lot of opportunity here. I, I think it all really depends on how this game starts out. If we come out strong and get those small completions to Woods and some of those small completions to Cooper Cup, it's going to be a pretty solid game for them all together because I know that trend is going to continue. And, of course, over halftime, this Offense continues to evolve, and Sean McVay is going to mix it up plenty. But um, if they can get those completions early, then I know it's going to be a sweet game for those two. But, you know, Cooper Cup tends to have those random games when he just can't make that connection sometimes. So that may be a worry. But I don't think he's going to get the ball less. Uh, I think there's just going to be more opportunities because we're going to, one, be on the field more often, keeping our defense off the field, and two, uh, with hopefully getting Todd Gurley the ball a little bit more, uh, we'll have more opportunities for everybody to get some play. I do possibly think Sammy Watkins is going to see a few completions. He'll probably get a couple opportunities deep down the field. But I, I think if anybody's going to lose attempts, it's, it might be Sammy. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it really quick there with you know Sherman being out. But don't forget, obviously, Cam Chancellor is a no-go. Uh, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner. I mean, the whole mm. Legion of Boom is you know, the legion of ER. I mean, they're not here, man. They're, they're going to be on the sidelines watching in, in sweatshirts. So like you said, those opportunities to go down the field with Sammy Watkins or, you know, Cooper Cup across the middle and, and, and Woods, you kind of got to pick your poison there on the defense side of who you're going to man up and who you're going to go after. So lots of opportunity for Goff. If we can protect him and if he can move around, because that's the one thing that Seattle does still have is that that front and they can put mm -hmm. some pressure on. I know Michael Bennett even was in limited practice uh, with a knee injury. So we'll see. Um, I'm expecting for him to be a go, but uh, you never know how they bounce back. They also lost last week in, in, you know, kind of ugly fashion, especially the way that game ended. Um, I don't know if you got to see some of that with Michael Bennett going at their, um, you know, players legs and, and then one of the Seahawks trying to go in the crowd. So uh, they kind of finished in an ugly way. So, it's going to be an interesting matchup and a definite rivalry game as this gets better and better. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we talked last year on Rams podcast before we started doing the Lockdown Rams, and we looked at this game as a rivalry over the past few years, but we were never really good enough for them to care much. You know what I mean? They yeah. still, I think we, they still got you know really pissed off that we always beat them. I think at one point it was three out of the last four games we were winning. Um, last year was a little bit of struggle. We, we, uh, we pulled one out at home, but lost on the road, but this is now legit rivalry territory as far as these records and, and battling for the division. We win this game. I'm not going to say we win the division, but it's looking pretty, pretty good. You know I mean? This is a huge game for both teams. Seattle needs it to really stay alive in the division. Um, both teams really need it to take the division. So, uh, I'm expecting just awesome football. Like like uh, Coach said, and the reason why he's doing uh, walkthroughs is, you know, big hitting, big action, lots of plays. And, you know, last game we had those five turnovers. So if we can limit that, uh, I still like our chances here. Yeah, so two things about the playoff picture. Uh, JB Long tweeted, I think yesterday, but for the Rams to clinch a playoff berth, like you were just mentioning in Week 15, they have to, yes, beat Seattle. The Lions have to have a loss or a tie. The Packers, who now have Aaron Rodgers back on the field, has to lose. I 
forgot who they're playing, but they're Aaron, playing Carolina. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's going to be a big game for, for Aaron Rodgers' comeback. But um, they will have to lose. The Saints will have to lose. And the Falcons will have to lose. Some pretty hefty teams there. Another uh, fun stat about the playoff picture is you take a look at the NFC side of the, of the field right now, and you look at the QBs of the teams that are currently seated one through three. Zero playoff wins, zero Super Bowl rings, one Pro Bowl. Quarterbacks of teams currently seated four through ten have twenty nine playoff wins, three Super Bowl rings, and twenty eight Pro Bowls. So, looking at a young, aggressive, good West Coast NFC uh, playoff picture here. Oh, so exciting! It's like I mean, just think back, James, when we were walking into training camp, you know, with our jerseys on and trying to figure out what really could happen in this season, mm-hmm. and here we are. Um, you know, three weeks away from the end of the season, and we're talking clinching playoff bursts, and we're not talking about who are we gonna draft next year, and you know, <laughs> we're not we're not going through prospects in the draft at this point, trying to think about seeding to get a higher draft pick to you know bolster the you know the offense or the defense. We're talking about closing out Seattle in Seattle. I mean, they can't get much more rewarding if you're gonna take the crown of the NFC West than to do it in Seattle, on the road, at yeah. the end of the year, in December, when they're like known for just shutting people down and winning at home. I mean, this is picture perfect um, for Jared Goff in his second year to go up there with McVay in his first year and the, all these new additions and really just be like, listen, L.A. is here. When's our stadium ready? We're the NFC uh, team to beat. Yeah, and the Chargers are like, yeah, when is that stadium ready? Because we want to hang out on it for free. Can we come to <laughs> I have to tell you, I told everybody on the show yesterday, but being at the Redskins Chargers game, that's I know I don't know if you've been to that stadium, but I've been there quite a few times. And for a football game, it was incredibly tiny. It felt like a big high school game, to be honest with you. I've never. Did seen you enjoy it though? I mean, because like it's. I felt like, and I was thinking this earlier in the year, and I was like, man, if I ever see some cheap tickets, I'd, I'd maybe want to go down there and just check it out. You ended up getting to go, but was it? Did it make it more intimate? Was it fun that way, or was it seen? Was it just like, nah? Because obviously it was kind of a blowout that you saw, but did it? Was it a positive effect, or was it just yeah. like? Okay. You, you said the right word. It was way more intimate. You could hear them talking uh, before the game started. It was really cool to be that close. Um, it like it was like a high school game. It's almost like if you shouted loud enough, they could they could definitely hear you. Because um, we are, we actually were pretty close. But the thing was, the Redskins scored somewhat early on a touchdown, and then they missed their field goal, and then from there on, nothing happened, and the Chargers just dominated them the rest of the game. So at that point, no, it wasn't fun at all, but it was a pretty cool stadium to see a, a football game. Well, it's crazy. I mean, as we're kind of you know dabbling here, talking a little bit of Chargers, they have themselves a pretty good matchup this week against Kansas City Chiefs mm. in Kansas City. Uh, the winner of that takes first place in the division, and kind of setting up in a weird way that both LA teams could, you know, I don't want to say clinch a playoff berth, but can really put themselves in great position to one, make the playoffs and two, win the division. So as much as we tease the chargers, I would still like to see LA get that respect. And a lot of people have been hating uh, on the East coast about, you know, LA and the teams we have and whatnot. So internally although i'll talk crap about them all the time on the podcast you know i think i'll be pulling for them to win because you know two la teams going to the playoffs seems pretty fun for me 
Uh, so that there's two games on Saturday this this week. Yeah, we're in the we're in the Saturday flex schedule. They Already? do the flex. Jeez. Yeah, they do the flex Sunday, and we got the Saturday games going. Um, it is basically at this point of year where you know Tuesday is like extremely boring, and <laughs> it's like no football Tuesday and Wednesday, no football. Um, um, and then we got hear- Bull Mania coming. So yeah, football every day. That's right. So uh, did you have did you happen to see that Kenny Britt is now practicing with New England? I'm glad you brought that up. I did see it. Uh, it's so weird how I went from like really liking Kenny Britt to like really hating him so super quick. I think just yeah. the way he left and then he kind of had talked bad. I don't know if you remember. We talked about this on Rams podcast, but he had gotten on his Instagram story and was like, man, screw all them Rams and weak ass <laughs> players and da, da 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 da. And like all of a sudden, Kenny Britt had one halfway decent year because he was our only wide receiver and he just trashed everybody. And so yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of instantly hated him and then uh you know his own coach was calling him out for being soft and you know needs to help out the QB and this and that and he never really produced out there so um and then to see he gets picked up by the Patriots and I'm like oh come on if Kenny Britt walks himself into a Super Bowl ring I'll be pretty pissed but you yeah. know never know I mean not bad I mean if you look at it we saw what Kenny Britt could do out here in LA with you know not much of a quarterback situation and not much really of an offensive scheme now he's going to hang out with Tom Brady and Belichick. Anybody I'm, can he, succeed in that situation. He's a big target, man. He can, yeah. I could see him doing okay out there. I mean, he he uh, every once in a while had a little case of the dropsies, but uh, I think I think he'll he'll fit in there, and and they're in, in need of kind of a, another wide receiver out there. So um, it will be one to definitely keep an eye on. Well, James, on my way here, uh, you sent me a tweet and said, "Locked on, get ready for this tomorrow." I'm going to talk about. And it was it looked like a YouTube video of the ref at Hockley. Is he is he refing this game or did you just come across something? Talk to me, bud. Yes, he's refing this game and I Ooh. somehow got to this video titled I want to be Ed Hockley because everybody knows that this guy overexplains uh, all of his plays and there's some f- hilarious highlight videos of it, but specifically this video was Narrated by the guy who I believe did the most interesting man in the world voice, and he just kept saying, I want to be Ed Hockey Lee, would show examples. One, all his friends call him guns. They show how much the players respect him. Oh, he's jacked. He's jacked. They they call him the man who once needed 91 words to explain an illegal motion infraction. Uh, (laughs) They call him the over-explainer. And the the worst part about this is uh, he is going to be refing the Hawks-Rams game. It's a... It's going to be his first game he's done this season uh, since the lost last season to New Orleans for the Seahawks. But the crappy thing about Rams fans is that it's kind of a good luck charm for Seattle. The Seahawks were 7-0 and in the last games or in the games he did from 2011 to 2015. But that's all history. Those are different teams. But just some fun facts there. And you got to watch this video. I want to be Ed Hockley. It's five minutes long, and it's freaking hilarious. And now I'm just going to be watching the ref a little bit during the game too. <laughs> yeah, Ed Hockley, man, he is just jacked up. Um, and wow, Seahawks! What you said, seven and zero, refing the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That's some BS. You think he was in Pete Carroll's wedding, or what the heck? <laughs> I don't know. He's a lawyer. He may have some random connections with those guys. We have well, no that idea. would definitely be something to keep an eye on because obviously, at the end of last game, uh, the ref and penalties and all that was mm-hmm. definitely a discussion. So. Would hate to see that go south again and and have to deal with some crappy ref. But the one thing about the NFL, I feel like it's just NFL, NBA, 
no consistency in, in the refereeing and, and what we have to deal with. And, you know, one game there's guys taking people out and taking heads off and, you know, it's a 15 yarder. And then, you know, we got Tremaine Johnson, you know, trash talking with an old buddy and, and it gives up this huge first down. So yeah, especially in Seattle issue. where it's so loud, it's, it's extra hard to ref them those games. We all know throughout the years that there's been many questionable calls in Seattle, especially at uh, this time of the year. Well, we struggled up there. Um, you know, back in the day, we were definitely having issues with sheriff struggles up in Seattle. And, and so is everybody. Like you mentioned, that crowd gets extremely loud. Uh, we have now kind of secured a great offensive line, so I'd love to see how they're going to react to that with a second-year QB. Goff was up there last year, uh, got his welcome to the NFL moment with Richard Sherman <laughs> on the sideline. I'm going to be curious to see how they deal with audibles and the noise. This mm-hmm. crowd is going to be loud and insane, so they're going to have to figure out some good ways to communicate. I said this on the Monday show, which didn't make it but did make it, um, I think if you went far enough, I actually just put the intro wrong. It was a mess. But uh, if you guys want to go back and try it, I think if you cut through about five minutes, you get into the Monday show. But um, so as I mentioned, really getting to it is I want to see Jared Goff a little bit more urgency behind the line. You know, I mean, there's times where I feel like he's just kind of which is cool. You get that, you know, it's cool is the other side of the pillow. But I want him to also have some urgency, you know, get up there, have a little more motion in his body and just kind of you know, that energy to get some things going because... Yeah, well, we've we, we've seen him get too close to the play clock running out so, too many yes, times and have, sometimes having a call timeout. that thing down to five seconds, yeah. two seconds. Um, we can't really afford giving up a lot of penalties there because when you're on the road, division rival, game means a lot. You can't be giving up free yards. So cut down those penalties, boys. Well, James, dude... Thank you so much for filling in last day. Me and Gaga really appreciate it. Uh, she's giving me the wrap it up sign in the back. I think she wants some more attention. So uh, I'm going to have to cut this one loose. I appreciate you coming on. Guys, don't forget, go check out the Draft app. Go to draft.com. Join our league. I'm going to post it on Twitter. I'm going to put it up in my profile, probably pin it on the profile to join. We'll do like a six, seven, eight-person snake draft. Um, this is great stuff. So you guys got to join me and, uh, give me your money. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of fun. We'll be back tomorrow with more Rams news. We'll be back tomorrow with more Rams information, news updates, and that last minute boost of energy before the weekend gets you jacked and ready for Sunday. If you can't tell by now, I am hyped up. I can't, I'm going to crack some beers and watch some game film because I'm just psyched for this game. Me and James are former Northwest boys. So to see us go up there and, and take one back in our old home is going to be fun to watch. Um, guys, if you have any questions, reach out to us on social. You know what it is. It is J Kroger three nailed it. Nailed it. LA underscore rambling bear lockdown Rams at Rams podcast. Send us some questions. What do you want to hear? We'll talk about it. Tell me your game predictions. Get involved. I'm hyped. I'm just listing things now. So with that, I will be back tomorrow. But until next time, Rams Nation, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind 
helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.